Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Um, we'll start this with a nice express apology uh, about last week. Um, a few issues regarding availability and then me falling asleep um, meant we weren't able to uh, to produce last week. But we've got a special double whammy episode this week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot to discuss over the last couple of weeks. Belfast have come out with four points against Cardiff, obviously over that doubleheader weekend. Um, 4-2 win and a 2-1 win in overtime, so bringing the four points in a big title run. Uh, the Steelers beat Belfast 4-1, which probably put a bit of a downer on the Belfast title run on that one. Um, and then just on a side note, um, Fife have taken points against Blaze, Dundee, MK, and they also took a point in an overtime loss to Panthers, so a good bid made by them in their playoff push. Um, gents, do this, do this a little bit differently um, as opposed to... Um, usual, obviously we've got a lot to cover over the last couple of weeks, so instead I think it makes sense more to look at the form over the last five games, so just to run through that quickly, um, Cardiff over the last five have won um, all five, to be fair, they've taken ten points from the five games, um, Belfast uh, five games, eight points so only obviously dropping one uh, Manchester, five games, six points Guildford, uh, six points, five, five points, Nottingham, five points uh, Dundee and Sheffield and Milton Keynes all on four points and then we've got Glasgow and he took three points from the last five and Coventry took two points from the last five what do we think obviously a lot of difference across the teams there well firstly before we go on to the detail I'd like to say good evening to uh, Mr Gareth Dutton and Andy Stafford um, so um, good evening everyone um, but you know it's a double one episode we've got a lot to come in things to miss out not a big deal. We start as we mean to go on here with me forgetting that already. <laughs> it's going to be one of those things, don't we? Um, the form table says itself, and when you've got a form like Cardiff, for example, it just it's only pointing one direction, and that's that title, that trophy staying in South Wales. Um, they're hitting form, and it's the important players that are hitting form at the right time. Um, ben Bounds, for example, this week, three shutouts. If you're getting that in March, if you net, your starting goal is getting that in March, that just screams... The first place, and from a GB perspective, that's good to see. But from a, a domestic fan who, you know, I'll be honest, we don't want to see the three peat, but they're looking like they're going to earn the three peat. Um, interesting to note the, the goals difference. Um, Cardiff a plus fifteen in them five games, where Sheffield the worst one minus eight. It's um, but the other one I, I spotted from third to eleventh. You're only talking a four point gap. Now you may think, well, that's only five games, but with so many teams pushing for the playoff spots and with so many gaps spots sorry, spots still available that's that's just the cluster is so close um, if, if you're one of the eight teams who are in that mix that's going to be very nerve wracking um, coming up to the 31st of March when the season finishes yeah it's looking at the, the form table itself it doesn't look good for Coventry it's supposed to be it's a playoff push that they're going for and in five games they've got two points doesn't look good for them hopefully they, their fans will hope that they'll pick up some points along the way got some good games coming up along the season and in the end of the season against us in Altrincham so that could be a, a playoff title or playoff decider at least What do you think, Andy? Yeah, um, see Coventry where they are, it's, it's very strange. I mean, they've got a good depth on the team and uh, 
I was definitely expecting them to better than the odds winner right now. Um, but as a whole, it's, it's just really exciting uh, between, you know, well, between 10th and, uh, or probably 3rd. Uh, it's just really tight between that between that core right there. But, um, yeah, domestically, uh, obviously, obviously don't want to see Cardiff win, but as I, as, as I predicted a few weeks ago, you know, that they've won before, they've been there before, they know what to do. And, and with Bouncy's form coming in right now, you know, yeah, it, it's looking like it is going to go a long way, unfortunately. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It's um, it certainly is an interesting one. Obviously, as, as you know, as we say, nineteen goals for four goals against for, for Cardiff. I mean, a, a GD, a goal difference of plus fifteen across five games is, is absolutely outstanding. Um, I mean, the closest to them realistically is Belfast with sixteen goals for twelve against. So they've got a plus four. I mean, that's a huge gap. Plus 11 on goal difference. Um, obviously, the 6-0 win for Cardiff against Sheffield is going to have helped that amount. Um, but even you take that away, we're still, we're still talking a nine-goal nine difference. So that's, you know, it's, it's still a very, very hefty. Um, interesting to note there, and again, similar note, probably the 6-0 loss against Cardiff wouldn't have helped this. Um, the worst goal difference across the last five games has been Sheffield. Uh, 13 goals for 21 against us, a minus eight. Um, just behind them was Milton Keynes with minus seven. So goal difference really, really kind of painting a picture at the moment. Obviously the form over the last five as well, particularly as we move into that playoff push. Um, obviously Coventry are going to be pushing particularly for the playoffs. So to see them at the bottom isn't going to have been what they wanted to see. Um, Sheffield aren't going to like to see Dundee and Fife and Guildford above them and Nottingham obviously all people that they're in contention with for those playoff spots and Manchester obviously as well um, so it's certainly going to be an interesting close to the season particularly with that in mind you know, if this form continues for the teams as it has uh, it'll certainly be interesting um, Just to jump on, on Andy's point about Coventry you look at their stats they've only got two points in the last five games but they're only like minus three so that would suggest a team that's really keeping every game close, and they just can't finish a game and get the points. So at this time of the year, where you're looking at Cardiff trying to nail that title, they're Coventry, apologies, looking like they're going the other way and maybe falling off the cliff and not making the final eight. Yeah, it does. I mean, it does look like. I mean, to be fair, you look at some of the losses. I think if Flash goes, is to be believed. I mean, you've got Dundee Coventry was a four-three loss. Um, you know, Cardiff beat them two-nil. Uh, they lost a 5-3-2, Sheffield 4-3. So they are, we, we are talking close games. Um, it obviously, the points are the key thing, but the goal difference certainly does show, at least from a, from a, from a fan's perspective. If you're losing out on those games by a goal, it certainly should. I, I don't, maybe the form isn't necessarily the word to show, because if they're coming out and competing and losing against the better side, then you, you can take that a bit more as a fan. So I think that's it's probably it's something to bear in mind. But... Um, one thing I'll just note just before we go into the rest of the agenda this week, we are doing something a little bit different. Um, myself, Dave and Greth are all in the same room today, so you may notice a bit of a difference in the sound. We have got Andy on audio link still, um, but hopefully you should hear an improvement across the board, in, or a difference at least in sound. What that does mean is, um, obviously, we're still, we're still at the start of March. We may have a few sniffles. I think we've all got a bit of a cold at the moment, so we apologise if you hear a few sniffly noses. We apologise if you hear a few coughs, um, but we are powering through, obviously. But after not being able to give you an episode last week, we wanted to push through and uh, and get a recording done today. 
Um, given that we're also at, at, at our house, we, we have got a dog, so I apologise if at some point he comes in and starts barking. He shouldn't do, but I just thought I'd add that out there early just as a, uh, a yes. provisional. Yes, Griff, behave yourself. Yeah. Just stick to talking today. No animal impressions, yeah? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, <man>. Good point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so moving on to what we've got on the agenda, um, I guess the first thing, that we're going back a couple of weeks or so, um, I guess the, the first thing to open with is Sheffield, obviously particularly for, for Dave, Andy and myself. Um, Jordan Owens, he got a three-match ban from Dops. Um, it was a, a check-to-the-head call. Um, it was on Ben Lake, I believe. Um, Danny Stewart going out and saying he thought it was targeted. Wouldn't necessarily say targeted, but um, Andy, what, what do you make of the three-game ban? Um, I think it's probably fair, to be honest. Um, I think there was some contact, whether, whether it be... I don't think it was properly intentional, but there was just contact, maybe accidental, but, you know, it's still a contact to the head, but, you know, three games is about right. Um, and I think it was kind of provoked, I mean, Ben Lake's been on uh, Owens' back, I, I think, all season, and uh, just a, a few tensions piled over, and I think Owens just, just lost his head for a bit and, uh, and just made contact with his head. Yeah, I... I agree with you on that one, and it, uh, it's the first point of contact was the head, which not good for Owens in that respect. <laughs> but it it, <coughs> it looked like it wasn't going to be a, a head shot straight away. He wasn't going in for that at all. He was merely just trying to take him out of the play because Ben Lake had the puck, and as you do as a, a forward or a, as a D man, you stop that player from getting past you. Unfortunate, but, I mean, he's back now from the suspension, so hopefully he should be able to help you guys out. Yeah, it went the best of hits. Um, it seems to be confident that we've said a lot on this podcast. It's timing, and I know his timing just weren't, weren't good. Um, if... if it, it, it weren't the worst hit. It weren't a dangerous hit in my eyes. Um, it was just a bad timed hit. Um, but you know, once you start, once that the, we caught the trigger point, contact to the head, then you start racking the games up. So for me, and I say that not to try and dismiss any contact to the head. It's just it does. Be, you know, once you see that it's proven, you, you then start. It's it's already a minimum of certain games, and I think three games was fine. Um, you know, any more I think would have been harsh. If I'm honest. Yes, it were contact ahead, but it weren't a dangerous hit for me. Yeah, we've we've talked about this before about the um, how easy it is to miss time a hit, um, how easy it is just to make that little mistake and have it, um, you know, go from a perfect open ice hit to, you know, a, a bit of a horror show hit, and I think that's exactly what's happened here. I have to admit, after watching the first replay, um, I unfortunately wasn't able to be at the game, but after watching the first replay. I wasn't sure. I thought it was a head contact hit. It was the first thing I said was it was a, it was a hit to the head. Expected Dops to give it two based on the Bentivoglio um, ban that was given out previously, which was a two-match ban. Since watching the video again, since watching it at full speed and, and obviously watching it in more detail, I can't disagree with the three matches. Um, the thing for me is that the description and, and explanation as to why it's three matches seems a little bit disjointed to me. Um, 
because it, it seems to me like Dops are trying to say this was a... Tar- it, it looks like they're almost agreeing with Danny Stewart and saying that it's a targeted hit. Um, I mean, if you look at what they've said, they've said he's had no regard for the puck um, because his puck was his, his puck. His stick was up in the air and away from the puck. That's fine. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that has no regard for the puck. Obviously, the player has the puck. His main the main reason to make a body check is to knock a player off and away from the puck and, and to take puck control away. So I wouldn't necessarily say for me that that completely shows that there's no regard for the puck. But I get the I get what they're saying. Then you know that he's not had the regard to actually play the puck. But then it's, they then say, obviously, the onus is on him to make a legal check. That's that's not disputable. That's absolutely fine. Um, contact was primarily to the head. It was a fast hit. It, you know, he came in at speed. Lake was moving with speed. You know, if if he'd, if he'd have made the, the hit a split second later, it would have been fine for me. He's just made it slightly early. It looks more like a mistiming to me. But the, they then said, in addition, Owens removed his bottom hand, left arm, from his stick which gave his left side the ability to elevate up and into the head of the opposing player. These types of head checks are very avoidable and deemed very dangerous. So, to me, that suggests that on review, Dops think that the hit was intentional. And a hit that high and at that speed, if that was intentional for me, should have been given more than three games. And that it seems a bit disjointed in that it's saying, this is a three-match ban, but then they're going to say, oh, but actually you made it intentionally. I agree with the three matches. I just don't necessarily agree with the explanation. I, I think he's just missed time to hear. I don't think it was targeted per se. Um, you know, Lake's moving, just l- looking to break into the neutral zone. Owen just come in for what he thinks is going to be a nice open ice hit, and he's just mistimed it and uh, obviously elevated into the hit, which is obviously been the downfall. But yeah, I can't dispute three matches. I just don't really think the explanation really hits the nail on the head. Um. Unless anybody, oh, has anybody got anything else to add to that? Or we don't, you know. Sum that one up well, thank you. Fair play. Um, the next one w- was for me oh, just a ridiculous hit, but we'll, we'll go on to that in a second. Alex Nicky Foruk for Coventry uh, was given a one-match ban for boarding uh, for their, in their game against Fife. Um, but you know what? We'll go in the same round again, Andy. What what did you think to the one-match ban? I think you probably shared the same viewpoint as me, but what was your uh, what was your impression? Just one match for that is ridiculous. I, I mean, I don't, there's not been anything that I don't think I've seen uh, so stupid by a player this season. I mean, you've, you've got a five player. Um, they're, they're both battling to get the puck, and uh, Nick Fruit's definitely winning that race. He's winning that race. But for some reason, he sees the five player behind him, and he just stops. He just stops and lets that five player get the puck, and then he just goes to him and just rams him into the boards, in, in, into the back. And I, don't, I just don't understand that. If if you close to the puck, you're gonna win it. And he was gonna win it, but he said, "No, I know, I'm, I'm I'm just gonna stop here, let him get it, then I'm gonna ram him into the boards." And it's just reckless and absolutely stupid. I, I don't know why he's done that at all. Um, and I'm I'm just baffled as to. I said, why you do that when you're clearly winning the puck, you're clearly getting control of it, and yet you're just stopping to let another person get it, and then just absolutely ram into balls and stupid, absolutely stupid. I sorry, I I'd go ten games. I don't think one game was enough, and I'll tell you why I go ten games. One game for the hit, nine games for complete and utter stupidity. The biggest brain fart seen this season. 
honestly, there was. I don't think it summed it up well in terms of the need or lack of need. It was it just. At the time of the game as well, I think it was a second left. Everything about it, it weren't, you know, it was, it was dangerous. It was, for me, the big one, it was stupidity. Dumb. You know, it's. And this is one of their top players who's just had a complete and utter game mentality breakdown and just done something that is just dumb. That's why, you know what? You have nine games for being dumb. For me, it's, it's, it, it, the whole thing baffles me. The whole incident and playing, well, like I said, Nicky Fox winning the race for the puck, everything about it is just dumb. You know, and yeah. Yeah, I, I, it is completely just dumb. I think it was like two seconds of something. It was one or two seconds, but still. You're winning the race, you just stop because you see. I think it was Cazola going past him. He come, well, coming behind him, and then he just lets him go past him and goes, You know what? You're winning. We're not. Take this. Abbott. And it was just. <laughs> literally, it was just an Abbott moment. It were, weren't it? It's like, you'd probably see that in like rec hockey. Did the one John you Smith have it? <laughs> Could be. But yeah, you'd, see, you'd, see in, <laughs> you'd see it in rec hockey, but you wouldn't see it in, <coughs> in like a professional league. It was just completely not this stupid. Yeah, I mean, we've we've you guys have covered everything that I could say um, because the main thing I was going to say is it was ridiculous. It really was. There's nothing else you can say. Um, I just, I just cannot understand any of it. I mean, the, the thing is for me, Nicky Forrock's a, a quick skater. Um, as Dave said, you hit the nail on the head. He's one of their top players. He's a smart player. We've seen that. Um, and then he just goes and does that. You just think, particularly when your team is in a playoff push, you're one of the top goal scorers for the team. And then you just... I, 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 mean, you, I mean, Dave, to be fair, you coined the perfect phrase for it. It was a brain fart moment. I'm pretty sure after he did that, I'm, I'm sure as soon as the fair, the fair, the player face planted into the boards, I'm pretty sure he stood there and thought, "Why have I just done that?" I can't imagine there's any. I, I can't imagine he's skated off the ice thinking anything but that was stupid. Um, the bit that makes me laugh again, looking at the description from Dops, um, and I'll, I'll I'll bring a question into you guys after this about Dops because I'm it's just something that's intriguing me. Um, They've actually described the incident and said, Nicky Forrook, who, losing the foot race, of his own accord, positioned himself directly behind the opposing player. Fine. But it doesn't take into account the fact that he wasn't losing the foot race. He was winning the foot race by a good fair few yards until he noticed the five player coming around the outside, slowed his feet so that the guy could get in front. He wasn't losing the foot race. Um, it's just, and the thing is, at that point in the game, it's not even. It doesn't matter who was losing the foot race. You've got two seconds left on the clock. If he wins the race, he's hardly going to go and do a wrap around and top shelf it. He's probably going to touch the puck, and the whistle's going to go. I think for me, you can tell that someone knew doing the whole dot's presentation part. The wording, the terminology, the ruling. Obviously, you know, I don't maybe it's, it's the. The delivery of every decision is, has been completely different. You can tell there's a new person behind doing that. So it's, you know, it's clearly his own style, not a criticism. It's more of a fact, you know. So you, you can tell, and it's just yeah, it, 
it, it, it misses the bits that, for me, if I look at it and the, what I pick up in trying to describe why this may be worth inclusion for the suspension or non-suspension, doesn't seem to be picked up at all. But that's his style. Um, and, and there you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, my question um, regarding that is he, very much centred around kind of the style that Dops are going around at the moment, that Dops are kind of focusing with. One of the things that people are saying on social media, we talked about it before, social media is a dangerous place, we all know that. Generally speaking, I've liked the kind of, I've not disagreed with the decisions from Dops. Um, you know, I mean, the, the Owens hit, no issues. The Bentivoglio hit, no issues. Going back further in the season, generally speaking, and I think we've, we've all been kind of in a similar boat. We've kind of said, I can't really dispute what Dops have said or the ban that Dops have given. That's fine. And it's the same with this incident. I'd possibly, I, I'd possibly agree with you to an extent, Andy. I'd possibly add another game onto it just for the fact that he slowed his feet. And... The description on Owens's hit was it was extremely avoidable and extremely dangerous. Now, there were significant implications from the hit. If the player had gone full headfirst into the boards, we could be looking at a serious injury. And, I mean, I don't see why that hit was any less avoidable than the hit from Owens. So I could see a two-game ban for that, no issues. I probably wouldn't go any higher than two, other than adding nine, as Dave says, for stupidity. Um, maybe, maybe Coventry will look more into that. Um, but... The thing for me with Dops is at the moment, and what people are saying on social media is, I, I assume it's probably from the fans that are seeing players get certain bands that don't match up with bands that their fans are, that their players have had. So maybe comparing it as an example, a check to the head, compare it to the hit on Mosey um, from somebody help me out, uh, yeah, Jane and Wrestling. People are saying, like, oh, how are they coming up with these bands? Are they rolling a the dice and that's how the bands are coming up? I'm not by any means saying that. But at the moment, we're not getting any description from Dops at all. They're going, oh, OK, the, the hit was avoidable, the hit was to the head. But the key factors are just, it was careless. There was a hit to the head. Primary contact was to the head. That's about it. But they're not actually saying, we've decided this is three matches because... You know, do you know if they turned around and said, we've decided that a check to the head generally should carry a one-match ban, but if there's an injury that arises from it, we'll add an extra match ban to two, and then, you know, if it's considered particularly reckless, then we'll add an extra one. If they'd explained certain incidents like that, or like the incident with Mosey, as an example, so that's, that's a significant ban that he received. If they'd have gone, there was a, there was a hit to the head, that's a match ban. He was travelling at significant speed, that's an extra two matches. It resulted in an injury with a player that didn't know what day of the week it was or where he was. That's an extra ban because of the extent of the injury. Do you know if they'd have just set the picture and then the next ban that comes out for a check to the head, they go, oh, Ben Tivoglio's got two matches because there was a check to the head and it was seen as a bit reckless. But it wasn't at high speed, it didn't result in an injury. I don't think you'd get people complaining. And it'd help us as fans to understand more. Would it? And, I, and this is why I say would it. It would help um, the fans that want to, to I, understand. You know what, thank you for saying that, because I think you, you mentioned about the roll of the dice. That's just put, posted by people till they get likes and retweets, um, as far as I'm concerned. I think it would be good to know how... I agree in that aspect, it would be good to know how Dops say X player gets four games and this is why he's got four games. But then you know 
that come later on the season, someone gets a similar injury, and you know that person will be quick on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you know, social media. Ah, but he got that for that. And it's the same type. I think it'd be wonderful if everyone was black and white in terms of that is it. There's, you look at so many different incidences that have the same injury, the same output, but they're completely different. It's too grey mm. in, the, in the context of how you make the decision and where you come to that. And I, I think that is where you can, if people yeah. want to know, want to understand. It's easy to go, oh, Dops, roll the dice. Oh, Dops this. Oh, Dops that. Oh, I've got 15 likes on Twitter. You know, to me, I just, if the <coughs> value was any, you know, discussion about it. A lot of the a lot of the stuff this year, in terms of the suspensions from Dops, there's not been many that you could say that was similar to that. Yeah. There's not many at all. If, maybe the odd one. And even then, you go, well, actually, that, there's a little difference. You know, that may have been the same to that. I mean, the one that consistent was leaving the bench, um, Cole Shudra and Ulmer from Cardiff. Say, so it's the only one I can think of, off the top of my head, that they had the same like-for-like like incident. So... And even that was, even that was, I mean, some of the reasons that the, the leaving the bench penalties were given was because of the distance travelled and things like that as well, it was added in. I, 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 you know, to be fair, I, I agree with you. It was, it was more a, a hypothetical that I've, I've, it's kind of sprung into my head as I've seen people posting that. I, I agree. Um, basically, what you're saying is, and I, I completely agree with the sentiment, is that uh, the people that are posting, oh, this is like rolling the dice, are the same kind of people that post pictures of a Jaffa cake and mayonnaise wrap on Rate My Plate and then expect people to, uh, to slag it off. It, 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 to me, it does, it does strike me as people just looking for likes. But. Um, Oh, rate my plate. Yeah, yeah. If you've got a few minutes, go on Facebook and search rate my plate. We're not sponsored by them. We, we wish we could have an allegiance with rate my plate. But um, yeah. Anyway, slight, slight, slight um, sidetrack there. But no, I, I agree. And obviously, the grey areas as well come from types of injuries. So things like with the Mosey hit, it was very much a question of did the majority of the injury, or obviously he was he was completely out of it. We could all see that. A lot of the questions sprung from people saying. Well, it wasn't because of the hit, it was because he banged his head on the ice on his way down. What kind of things do you weigh that? If the player doesn't bang his head on the way down and then gets a similar injury, is that weighted higher? It, it, I agree, it, it's, it's just something that I wondered as, as to what your guys' take was. What, what do you think, Andy? Do you think there should be a bit more black and white as to, like, uh, obviously, you know, a few more rules and procedures put in place so we know exactly how many games everything should get? Or do you think the way that it is at the moment is, is how it is? Yeah, definitely needs to be more black and white about it. I mean, we gave them so much praise. We gave Dobbs a lot of praise a few months ago. Um, they were consistent, they were thorough, and they were factual. And since then, they just seem to have gone downhill slightly, but not given them as much explanations and not being 100% factual and not being as thorough as probably they could do. So maybe it's a bit of laziness, uh, but, but who knows? But... I think what they should do is they need to bring out a list of criteria and then they need to publish it, make it viewable to everyone. So everyone can look and see what games is worth based on that. So let's say if they checked ahead three games, that's that right at the top. If number two would be like mm -hmm. maybe a charge or as it said Joe, distance travelled one game. Or something like that. And then if it's like two at once, if you've got a player that's checked someone in the head and also made a charge at them 
in that instance, then you add that three and plus one and be four games. And I think that's what we need to do and we need to make a list of it and publish it so everyone can see it and it's there. So there's no inconsistency, there's no uh, making things up. They just they've got a list to look at and they can just enforce it from there. That's just my idea. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'll throw this over to you, Griff, in a second um, because I'll make it more Manchester-related as well, actually, because I've got a point regarding that. Um, that's the, do you know what the frustrating thing is, as you said there, Andy, is they, they do seem to have been a little bit less descriptive recently. I don't know whether that's just me and whether it's just me thinking that. The frustrating thing for me is 90% of the bands I've agreed with and it's not a case that I'm saying, oh, the band's rubbish, or oh, he should have been given more or less. It's just a case that I just look at it and go, why is, you know, what, explain. Rather than just saying it was careless, it was a check to the head, there was head contact, just just give a bit more of a reason. But I bet, as you say, there's always going to be the fans that don't want to understand, there's always going to be the fans that want to understand. It's, neither, it's not a criticism on either of them. Um, you know, everybody's different. It forms the hockey back fan base as it is. Um, you know, not everybody's the same. That's that. That's fine. The one that stuck out to me as a whole, um, and that, that kind of highlighted the issue for me a little bit more, was the issue with um, Manchester and who was it? Help me out. The Fife incident. That was the one. Manchester and Fife. They started the video by saying. Oh, um, oh, starts on like Nessa from Galen Stacey. Oh, what's occurring? Um, no, they started off the video by saying there's never been an incident like this in the in the Elite League, and then all of a sudden it was just Lyndon Springer's done this. He's going to be given this amount. Or such and such has done this. He's going to be given this amount. And it, it, I'm not suggesting that that was the case. The the actual video just seemed a bit rushed to me for a start. But do you know if they'd have just said? This is how we've assessed it, because for me, starting a video by saying we've not really got any precedent, and then just going, he's got this amount, he's got this amount, he's got this amount, it just looked a little bit like, and I'm not, I agreed with the bands, we've discussed this previously, but it just looked a little bit like they just kind of stood there and stuck a stick in the wind and just gone, okay, how many spring are going to get? Oh, he's going to get five. It, it, you know, if they'd have just described a bit more, it would have, particularly with that incident, it would have also then helped them to establish a bit more of a precedent going forward for that kind of incident as well. But as I say, Gref, I made it a bit more Manchester related with that point. But what what do you think on the whole incident, you, the whole issue? Do you think it should be more black and white? I think it should be more black and white. Um, I think the explanations should be a, a a lot better. I mean, you've you've all mentioned it. It's not the greatest, but ninety percent of the bands. Yeah, I definitely agree with. And also, it was all their fault. Doc said it. <laughs> That's the bit that frustrates me. Do you know I mean? Even when you're seeing your own players, your, your own team's players getting a ban that's like, like the three match ban, the amount of Steelers fans that I saw slate in the ban, and I just looked at it and I was sat there thinking, I think they've got it spot on. And now you can only you can only put your argument out so many times on social media before you just look like you start to try and troll. But it, you just. Yeah, you know it's, it's just frustrating. But people, you know, I, I just think not everybody's going to agree anyway. But you know, if they'd have put an explanation out a bit more as to certain incidents, I just think it'd help to cut out on that. But that's more as a frustration from a fan that agrees, seeing all these people slate it. But um, 
moving on from that, I think we could we, we could probably talk about Dops until we're blue in the face. So we'll move on from that um, to the Challenge Cup. I put an emphasis on Challenge, not Continental. Um, <laughs> so the Challenge Cup final um, is this Friday. Andy, no, oh, why am I saying Friday? It's Friday tonight. The Challenge Cup final is this Sunday. Um, I put that much focus on not saying continental. Then, Andy, what do you um, what, what do you want to give us a bit more info about the Challenge Cup final? Because I'm clearly not doing a very good job at it. <laughs> yep, uh, it is on Sunday and it's Belfast uh, and Guildford. Um, you know what? I think Guildford are going to give Belfast room for the money. Um, Pulisic has going to done a fantastic job at Guildford. Yeah, they're doing good fun in the league. Um, they've got some some solid players and. And they could do it if if they want it. They can do it, no problem. Um, it's going to be tough though against Belfast. Obviously, they'll, they'll want to be fighting for every silverware there is possible this season. Um, but it's, it, it's anyone's to take, and um, I think it's, it's going to be a very, very uh, enjoyable game to watch. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's wonderful that Guildford have qualified from the Connacht Cup to make the Challenge Cup final. Um, and it was then they were the team that one of the two teams that you mentioned in that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they were. We all, we're the all aware. Well, you know, we've got to mention it every now and then, haven't we? Um, but no, it's a one-off game. Um, and you know what? I, I, I can see Guildford doing it. As much as Belfast have been on form recently, it's a one-off game. And you look at the talent that they've got in Guildford in terms of that lineup. They can be dangerous in a one-off game. Roll the guy, see who you know comes at trumps. Um, it's it, it show it'll show a few things. Um, you know, it's the first final for a while that, um, that the hosting arena stroke rink hasn't had the home team play in that final. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see the, the the attendances in that. I think a lot of tickets are still available um, on a reduced price. On a reduced price now, um, but um, it's it's going to be. I think it's fifteen. Fifteen pound on the webcast to watch the final. Um, Fifteen pound. It's like twelve pound oh, until, until, until twelve like, early bird. Twelve yeah. pound. Um, can I just say the Yorkshire one came out of jail then? He just missed out saying how much? Um, Fifteen pound. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> in fairness, you know, you, you you've got a good production team doing that. Um, so, but I, I'm. You'd have a better one if it was free sports. It won't cost you all. <laughs> it'd, it'd, it'd be free. Um, <laughs> it's a clue in the name. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I, I think we're, we're going to be in for a good final. Um, both teams play good um, good hockey in terms of the, the, the forward plays well, they forecheck hard, they, they, they don't back down easily, they've got good net minding. Um, yeah, I think we're in for, for a decent tilt on Sunday. Sunday, not Friday. Not Friday, no. Definitely Sunday. Definitely Sunday. I think it's going to be a very close game I'd say I can probably even see it going down to penalty shots but that would be please an interesting game who's the, who the Guildford girl who pulled off two amazing moves in the shootout against Cardiff Cali Ackard oh please just, what a, what a <laughs> just for that alone please let's go to penalties yeah definitely <laughs> can you imagine if it went down to penalties and then like Ian Waters came in for a penalty shot against Tyler Beskarawani and did like the Nikita Kucherov no move move straight through the wickets to get the win can you imagine how sick that'd be that'd be different yeah it'd be amazing can you imagine the celebration as well 
Oh, yeah. Straight through the glass like in Nottingham. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Apart from that, I think it's going to be a good, just a good game for both teams. I mean, it'd be great for Guildford to win it, get their first piece of silverware in the Elite League. And also, they'll be in the County Cup. Yeah, that'd be fun. Be interesting to go and see the Conte Cup if Guildford qualified. That'd be quite fun. Um, yeah, I, 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 do you know, I agree with you guys. I think Guildford have got a team very well, very well structured in terms of an ability to win um, the, the, the Challenge Cup. I am, I'm fighting so hard not to say Continental Cup. Um, that's your fault for bringing up the Continental Cup again. Then, um, yeah, on, on, honestly, I'm. I've seen a load of people on social media saying, oh, I think Guildford will win, I think Guildford will win, and then a load of Belfast fans saying, everybody hating on Belfast, it'll make it sweeter when we win. I, I, you know, I love Belfast. We all love going to Belfast, I think. Um, I, I've got nothing wrong, I've got nothing against Belfast. I was rooting for them in the Conte Cup, I'm rooting for them in the league. Um, I will be, to be fair, other than Bunkers, they'd probably be the team that I'd support if the Steelers didn't make it through to the final four in playoffs, so I have nothing against Belfast at all. A lot of respect for what Adam Keefe's done for the team as well, because he's he's done a stellar job there. Um, but I honestly think I honestly think Guildford could do it. Belfast turned up in Sheffield last weekend, just gone four-one. They lost, and I have to say, despite a lot of the Steelers fans saying, "Oh, it was the best performance of the season from the Steelers," I don't think Belfast looked that great. Um, all right, Jackson Whistle played a good game to keep the Steelers in it. Um, and the one thing I admired of the Giants was the tenacity, even despite being down one, two, three goals towards the end. They fought until that final whistle. But I just didn't think they looked very strong as a team moving forward in their own zone. So, so do you know what? If it's... Um, it depends on what team turns up for Belfast. And you look at the team that, that, that Guildford have got, they've probably got one of the strongest defences in the league. Certainly with people with, with like Kaliaka and on the blue line. Um, we know he can defend well and we know he can put the points up. I, I honestly think Guildford have got the team that, that, could, that could produce the points. Obviously, they're the dark horse in it. Obviously, the odds-on favourite would be Belfast. But I, to, to be fair, either way, I don't mind. But I, I honestly could see Guildford doing it. Um, anybody, anybody got anything else to add to the Challenge Cup final or are we moving yeah. on from that is that the Challenge Cup final or the Continental that's the final? Challenge Cup final <laughs> it's on Sunday <laughs> this is just like pick on Joe Day this isn't it we're going to have a blooper reel just from this ep- just from this episode it's just going to be me is it episode 52 pick on Panther Joe <sighs> yeah well but it's on Monday not Sunday <laughs> you guys are all mean um <laughs> You know it's at 4pm, right? Just don't even talk to me right now. Um, moving on swiftly and leaving that in the past and drawing a very thick line underneath it. Um, we've got a moment that I think we all know is going to make Dave have a bit of a happy moment. Um, so I'm just going to throw it over to Dave. We all know those three, those three little letters that make Dave grin like a child at Christmas. Um, CHL, in that order... Um, Dave, would you like to fill us in on the CHL? Yes, you're grinning um, like a child at Christmas already. Um, so with results um, in the Elite League, it meant that uh, the Glasgow clan 
couldn't finish in the top two. Therefore, Cardiff will spend a third season on the trots in the Champions Hockey League and will be joining the Belfast Giants, being the British representatives, and playing against the likes of, just a quick one, because I know Joe likes the pronunciations, we'll go for the easy ones, Vienna, a um, few newbies already, the first year next year, Graz, um, who else have we got? Lausanne, um, Biel Biene, um, and Joe's favourite. Sorry, what was that one? Biel Biene, it's um, a... Francophone, it's on the French Germany board. It's a, basically, it's the French and German bit that's in the name. So, there you go. I mean, I just wanted you to say it again. I didn't want a geography lesson, but that's fine. <laughs> just get, I'm just getting you prepped for the you know, we'll do the podcast next season. We'll do the video. <coughs> um, and you know, obviously, everyone's favorite, Karapat. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say Tapara then. No, they've not, there's, there's three spots left in Finland. Oh, well, yeah, um, let's hope Tapara get one. Um, obviously, what we do have is the first winners of the reincarnation of the CHL back next season in Lulia, um, along with Flund and Fagistad. Um, so, there's also obviously the Danish champs, the Belarusian champs, Norwegian, Poles, Slovakians, their spot still to be filled. Um, one more in the EBBL. Uh, in Germany, Aldermanaheim, their first crack at the CHL. Munich are back for another goal for being the finalists. Um, another spot left in Switzerland. Uh, but from a Sheffield uh, a connection, could potentially be a team called Ambri Piotra, who was Steelers played in the pre season game uh, many years ago. Just a useless fact. I was going to say, wow, a very uh, tenuous link there. Um, do you know what? I have to say, Dave, I'm impressed with that because we started this off and we wrote it on the agenda. We said, shall we just say a little quick bit about Cardiff making the CHL? And it was I, I literally just thought it was going to be Cardiff have now been confirmed as the other team going into the CHL. Isn't it good we've got two teams going in? And literally I saw Dave scribbling down about three pages worth of notes and I thought this has got to be for the CHL question. Um, but it is great to have two teams back in... in um, you know, in the CHL, um, joking aside, um, I think it's the one time that you take off your, your respective team's hat, isn't it, and just hope that whatever happens is we represent the country well. Cardiff have certainly done that over the last few years. Nottingham obviously certainly did that. I'd like to think that Sheffield did that too. Um, I know we've got a bit of criticism, but in fairness, the first year when you go up against Frölunda in the first round, uh, kind of setting yourself up for a bit of a fail there. Your, but, um, your group consists Frölunda and Yitby Vascular. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you really have got the easiest group, haven't you? Who won in conse- consecutive years, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, but no, I mean, Andy, what, what do you think? What do you think of it? I mean, it's great to see two teams. I'd, yeah, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see them uh, including two teams back uh, in this AHL. Uh, they only let one participate last year, um, but in fairness to me, it, it's great to see. Uh, you know, other countries in the UK, apart from England, being represented. You know, you, you've got Northern Ireland and you've got Wales. And uh, two good teams that can really do some damage, I think. Uh, they can build a good squad. Um, over some minutes, they've already got... Belfast already got uh, Patrick Dwyer um, and, and a few more other players as well. You know, really good players like Spotherman, Beskarani um, as well. So if, if they can retain a few of their key players and, and, and bring some more some more experienced players in then they've got a really good chance and so's Cardiff they've already got a, a really strong team um, a good coach and if, if they can bring some even stronger players in then you know they they could do very well I think yeah it's going to be a 
I'm I'm actually happy to go to tra- go traveling to either Belfast or Cardiff to watch them play against top European teams. I mean, I see for under. I see that's a bigger plus. Unfortunately, don't get to see Zurich, but that's for another day. Could just go to Zurich. Very sad, though. We had a wonderful um, fountain and fountain. Yeah, there's a great fountain to drink your Jägermeister on in Salzburg. <coughs> but no, the, the point you every team that's entered the CHL Apologies. from from the UK has done well. They've represented it well. Sheffield done it twice uh, in their carnation. Is Brayhead did well, um, and one thing I'll say for Cardiff, I think. With the three years that they, they by the next year they'll be the third year, is they'll be wanting as a target to make the knockout save. They've they've got close this year, ignoring the fact that they've got no points. The, the results were close enough. To, you know, a couple of them results go either way. They're in the knockout stage. I think next year they'll be wanting right. Let's make the knockout stage. Let's be the second British team to make it. Um, and you know what? If they can do, if they can keep the nucleus of this year and add and do what they did this year and add. You know, just get some players from the KHL again. I'm not knocking it. You know, it's good to see that type of talent playing in the league. I'd love to see Lingley playing for us. He's one of the main ones. So yeah, Benny Wood, I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Sheffield shirt. <coughs> if if they can do that, you know, it'd be good for the uh, good for the British league. Yeah, it certainly would. Um, it'd be lovely to see Sheffield do it again. I think we all know after the season that we've had this year, it's probably not going to happen. Well, it's definitely not going to happen. But I think we all knew that early doors. Um, the one thing I'll say is that it would have been nice to have it as... I, un- I understand the logistics of why it hasn't, but it would have been nice to have it as like the first possibility would have it been going to like the playoff winner. Just because I think as soon as they said, um, if Belfast win the league, then it'll go to second in the league. If Belfast don't win the league, then it'll go to the league winner. I think we all knew at that point it was going to be Cardiff and Belfast. I think... Because before the chant, the sorry, the I did one you then. Oh, ah, yes, you got me that. Way. I'm going to keep bringing that up now. You Dave. can do later. Um, the Continental Cup final. They did say that if uh, Kukchetu won it, or sorry, if Belfast won it, it'd be and they won the league, it'd be the playoff winner. And then afterwards, they announced that if Belfast won the league, it'd be um, the second place. So they changed it, but it's all it all marries to the qualification format mm. and how because it's now a very stricter. If you're not in this position, if you're not the national champion, regular season champion, if you're not in this position, you've got nothing. Um, go away. Go and try and qualify for a different tournament. Maybe the Challenge Cup. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it's, it'd be good. I mean, we, we joked off, offline, you know, imagine five foot in the person getting that CHL spot and seeing someone like Fruland or Zurich rock up it or Essie Byrne in the private jet and uh, rock up to Kakodi. Um that'd be just one heck of an experience more, more importantly on that though can you imagine like Frolunda rocking up with their ultras and rocking up in Kokodi can you imagine how like <laughs> mad there's red flares everywhere yeah <laughs> can you imagine that'd be great yeah it certainly would but no it's, it's great to see two teams it's the one thing that I think as a as a an opposition fan domestically the one issue with it is, I guess, it is a big drawing point for teams to recruit players of a certain calibre. We've often seen it, players being signed, was the European side of things a big reason that you've signed? Yeah, it would have been, it's nice to showcase yourself in that tournament. 
Um, who was the guy that left? Was it Schultz that left? Um, Nottingham. Just uh, he played. He played absolutely outstanding was, in the CHL. Oh, it, was it wasn't Solvay. Schultz. No, Schultz of Sheffield. Um, yeah, uh, was it, I want to say Solvay. It wasn't Solvay, but I can't remember so, who it was. Oh, but Benny Blood did the same. Yeah, uh, this year for Cardiff, um, and you know he played well, and then gets a great opportunity uh, to play for Tapera. Um, so you know it, it's that draw. It's that thing that can lure you. Play, you know, you, instead of paying the going rate that they play you pay that player in the top leagues you can get them at a discount price and say well actually you know what if you do well here's a shop window I mean I'm, Mike Blaisdell uh, when he coached the Steelers he it was renowned from saying if you give me a great season I will springboard you on to bigger leagues the DEL the Swedish leagues having to play one, se- one good season in the UK for Sheffield where you wouldn't expect them to go so it's something that's been used before and it'll be used again and as a fan of, of the sport, <coughs> yes, you go. They're doing it against. They're doing it against our team. But if you see that type of player playing, that can only be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was it was Josh Shaller uh, that I was thinking of. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, guys, I guess that's the only downside as an opposition fan. I'm by no means shunning the fact that obviously we've got those places. It's fantastic for the sport. Fantastic for the league. Um, obviously, the downside if you're going to try and put one on it from an opposition fan's perspective is. The you know Belfast and Cardiff are going to have another opportunity to sign that extra calibre of player because they've got that extra draw. They're going to play in the in, you know in the European tournament, but that, it, is a, it is a very very picky thing to bring picky, up. Picky, but then it should be the teams allowed to be the Belfast, be the Cardiff, and be in the Champions Hockey League and getting the opportunity to sign that player the year after. Use yeah. it as an inspiration. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, well, um, moving on from the CHL, that short bit that we were adding to the agenda until Dave added every single team that was going to be playing. Um, um, yeah, moving on from that, um, to a little bit more of a negative of the sport. Um, we know that injuries are go hand-in-hand hand with hockey, full-contact sport. We've seen a fair few of them over the years. Um, Gref, there's been a pretty serious injury over in MK. Do you want to tell us a bit more? There has indeed. It's... Down in down at MK Thunder in the NIHL, Ross Bowers, he unfortunately took an accidental high stick to the eye, to which, going off what I read online, he, not even the coaches knew how serious the incident was. They just saw he went off. But since then, they were informed, even after three or four surgeries, the best they can hope for is to be able to tell if the room, if the light in the room is on or off. Doesn't really sound good for anyone's perspective. I, I think Granty made him a comment before offline. Was he like four games away from retirement as yeah. well? That's. I. It's one of those where you feel for the guy. And you feel for the person that actually made the high stick yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have that on their conscience a lot now. Well, I'll throw it to Andy first. What, what, what do you think? I mean, have you seen much about it? What, what, what's your take on it? Obviously, we, you know, we all play to a certain, um, yeah, to a certain capacity. Um, we all know how easy it is to get the stick up high. What, what? You know, obviously, not much to say about it, really. But what do you think about it, Andy? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really sad. Um, obviously, it's, it's not something you want to, to, to happen to anyone. Um, 
whether it be in, in, in the small leagues, rec league, whether it be in, even in, even in, in the um, elite league, but it just sort of proves the point how much you take visors and things like that for granted. I mean, he did have a visor um, that obviously depends. Some players like to have it a bit higher than the eye line, uh, some a bit lower. It just kind of like shows you that you know, it is something you take for granted a bit. And um, yeah, it's, it's really really sad for him and his family as well. I know he's got a, I think he's got a few kids as well, so it is really sad to hear. And um, I think it's with ten between ten and twenty percent uh, vision that he'll get back from his eye, if if anything. So yeah, it's just really sad. And obviously, uh, our wishes are with him and his family. Yeah, absolutely. Main part you've said there, Andy, the best wishes go to him and and obviously his family um, will be there supporting him. Um, But one of the things that's been set up from it all um, by some of his um, ex-teammates is a GoFundMe page um, to help him with um, costs. And now, obviously, the EIHA has an insurance policy. Um, It takes some time to... To process, then things do. This is not criticism of the IHA, it's just them type things. Standard. It's a standard yeah. thing when it comes to insurance, it just, you know, getting the wheels in motion takes a lot of time. He has a young family to support. Now, it, we all say that the hockey family is a wonderful thing, and sometimes we go and you read stuff on social media. We've mentioned already how bad social media can be, but here's a great example of how social media is good. At the moment, last time I checked, the, the initial target was 5000 just to cover for a couple of months whilst the insurance got through to help support the family. They're currently just over £19,000, which to every person that's donated and are going to donate, you know, you've done a good thing. And it's brilliant. And that will help that help the family get through um, the shock of it all. And it'll just give them that support that they can he can then just get and recover to be able to, the next stage of his life, obviously with the injuries in hand, um, I, I, it's, you know what we've always said about the batter it's just always nice to see through something so horrible just a nice feel good story that the, the hockey community in this country has come together and gone do you know what we've got you back for a bit yeah if there's, if there's more of a demonstration of the whole hockey family sticks together thing that's I don't know, obviously goes round and it's this it's, it's it's hard to weigh in on it seems daft to say what do you think about it because obviously it's a, it's a horrible thing to happen it can happen at any level if the guy was playing in the NHL or if he was playing beer hockey in a charity tournament like we're playing in for all stars I, it, it could happen to anybody it's not, it doesn't matter what ability you are all that needs to happen is that stick to come up and hit you in the wrong place particularly up in the face and and it go you go from whether you're a case of nearly at the end of your career or whether you're the case of you started your career or whether you've not got a hockey career, whether you just play and then you go and work separately. It, it really does open your eyes to it as a, as a player. It really does make you think, you know, one slip could, could do everything. and it, It's horrible. Um, the only thing you can say to that is obviously if anybody does have anything that they want to give to the GoFundMe, it is nice and easily findable. Um, we tweeted it. We retweeted the we, link. Here? If we haven't, we will look to retweet it so that you can find it on our page. Obviously, alternatively, if you search, um, if you search Ross Bowers, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to find the, the, the link somewhere. Um, but obviously, we wish him. Well, we can't really say a speedy recovery at the moment. So obviously, he's looking at uh, you know multiple surgeries with not a full recovery in sight. But 
yeah, we uh, we wish him all the best in terms of recovery. Um, it, is, it is horrible. We obviously we pass his, our thoughts on, uh, as I'm sure the rest of the hockey community will as well. To obviously him, him and his family, and as we say, the guy who did it as well. Because you know, it, it must be. I can't imagine what the guy who I sticked in must be feeling right now as well. Um, so yeah, absolutely horrible. Um, we'll just stick on the whole fundraising idea for a moment just to put a bit of a spin on it to kind of put it back to a positive um, because it's something that's gone on since we've last recorded and it's something that I've completely forgot about but obviously there was the walk involved with the Simsy and Friends walk yes. to Manchester um, obviously raising money for was it breast cancer care or was it We're for prevention of breast cancer yeah. a, 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 a charity strand that looks at the, the causes of, of breast cancer yeah, so they they did an absolutely fantastic job. I think they, they hit their target. Was it was it ten grand their target or something along those ten, lines? They, ten grand. They, you know they hit their target. I know that um, who is this? Simsy and Elliot, I think, looking on looking on the progress that they were posting. I think they had to drop out early, but it, it's by no means any any bad reflection on them. That is an, a, a stellar stellar effort from both of them because that is not. It sounds daft to say, but it's not an easy walk. Um, so it's, big up to them. It's not. Um, there was a video that was put out. Um, I'm assuming it's Redvers, who is one of the guys who looks after the highlight package in, in Sheffield. Um, and you looked at it's more of a lot of the how we were going, and you could see the progress, and you could actually see the struggle. And this is it. This is by no means Chris, but you see the struggle on Elliot and and face, and even on um, Neil Edwards' face, and a few of them. They will finish the walk. Um, that you, you know, to to do to start early in the morning on Saturday, stop, come back to Sheffield, work the game, then go as soon as they've all done the necessary the jobs they need to do, go straight back to the point they finished to then carry on. They've done a number of walks over the years. It's been like certain amount of mileage rest, certain amount of mileage rest. This was a non-stop. Um, even without sleep, um, uh, you know. So fair play to, as we mentioned, Dave Sims, uh, Elliot, or Neil Edwards, uh, Dean Woolley, uh, Mark Thomas, Jamie Tunstall, um, who was even one of the walkers, and I think a few of the guest appearances. I know Rod Sarich, Ryan Finity did a, a mile or two. Oh, I have to say, the video with Ryan Finity made me howl. <laughs> them sat in the coffee shop with Simsy saying, "Oh, we're absolutely worn out." Team Wally saying, "Oh, we're absolutely worn out," and then Finity, Finity just popping his head round, saying, "Oh, I feel fine." That just absolutely creased me up. I was in fits from that. It really did make me laugh. Um, but yeah, no, I just thought I just thought throw that in there, obviously, to just to, to no, no. cap this off because it is a, it is a good showing. Obviously, the amount they've raised is a good showing as to what you can do and what the hockey community can do as a whole when they come together. Um, you know, hopefully, it carries on in the way it already has for Ross Bowers as well because obviously, you know, it'd be nice to give him something until. Obviously, it's just, we'll just say that insurance can come through and, and help him out. Um, unless, again, unless anybody got anything to add to that, I think we can we can move on from that. Um, the next thing, again, Dave's got a big smile on his face. Um, so, and it isn't the CHL. It isn't the CHL either. That's a big thing to note. So, uh, Gref, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a question. Are you a big fan of pyjamas? Depends on type. Well, I mean, would you have Buffalo Sabres pyjamas if they, if they did them? If I was a kid, yeah. Fair play. Andy, would you have New Jersey Devils pyjamas? Are you a big fan of pyjamas? I'm a massive fan of pyjamas, but probably not New Jersey Devils because I'd have to change it every year. 
That's, um, that's true. And it, it also ended, it also ended up saying Staff Road. Pink fluffy stripy ones, then. They're my sort of type. Pink fluffy stripy ones? Yeah. Okay, we definitely need a picture of Andy in pink fluffy stripy <laughs> pyjamas now. Um, we, we know one person that's a particular fan of pyjamas that he's, he's made more, more um, popular... Apologies, I feel like I'm about to sneeze, so I apologise if I suddenly stop and sneeze. Um, it's uh, it's one of Dave's um, probably former favourite players in the NHL, I'm assuming. Uh, Dave, would you like to tell us a little bit more and also why I'm randomly talking about pyjamas? Why are you talking about pyjamas? Well, because, you know, every guy who plays sports has that childhood dream of playing for their home team or the team that they just happen to get a pair of pyjamas for Christmas, let's assume Christmas, or maybe even Thanksgiving, I don't know, some festival or holiday time. And the guy in question is John Tavares. There you go, there's your link. For anybody listening, this wasn't like a whole <laughs> way of us telling, telling you that we've suddenly been sponsored by a pyjama firm. Actually, it was more, <laughs> more for only telling us you like pink fluffy pyjamas. Sponsored by Primark. I feel like that's the whole thing to take out of this, is it just is, yeah. Andy liking pink fluffy pyjamas. It, it, it gives us a lot more, yeah. So, yeah, so John Tavares um, went to his home team... Um, in Toronto from the New York Islanders. Why I'm smiling because I'm an Islanders fan. Um, and when the fixtures came out, the 28th of February was the biggest circle earmarked by Islanders fans, even more so than the games against the Rangers, which it, for an Islanders fan is kind of a big thing. Made bigger that they moved the game from the Barclays to the old uh, building at the Coliseum. The whole build up, the whole week, was all about this return. Um, now, we've seen many players who've spent years and years at a franchise leave and come back and get worthy, you know, thank you and applause from the fan base. Mark andre Fleury had a very touching uh, video Fleury from the was Pens close to tears. To and I think probably was in tears. There's, 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 there's been looks. many, many uh, NHL players that have had that. And Tavares did get the video. It was a good video. Um, Not that you could hear it. No, you couldn't hear it at all. And why couldn't you hear it? Because the fans decided to make their feelings known in any way, shape or form that they weren't happy with Tavares. Now, this, I've asked to raise it, not because we beat the Leafs 6-1 that night, but it was more about the fan participation. Because, as I say, the whole week was built up about Tavares. You, you can Google the names given to him. We'll not, we'll not venture too much in talking about him being a snake. Or well, just make sure your safe search filter's set to a <laughs> pretty lenient if you're going to Google the names that were <laughs> yes. given to him. Um, Warm-up. As soon as he hit the ice, that's it. This whole atmosphere of, of this game being bubbled up, already, bang, straight away, the boos and cries was from the off. Rubber snakes thrown on the ice, jerseys thrown at him as he's walking back to the locker room. And it's kind of started the atmosphere and build up to to certain chants we will not repeat. Um, Again, YouTube is your friend. YouTube is your friend, but there was there's no ambiguity. But it led to an atmosphere that you, you've never heard in an HL arena, even over the TV. My friend, uh, the friend who was at the game, and he said it's the loudest he's ever heard that building in 25 years. And it was all built up. Now, again... It's woman, normally because they don't have much to cheer about. The thing is, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> now, I'll mention again, we beat the Leafs 6-1 that night. But my, the thing I wanted to raise was that fan participation, that fan element of... Because it's been mentioned a few times in the UK and ice hockey, so, you know, is it getting this football mentality and this, this football Alcoholism. And alcoholism. Now, 
when you say that, there so were people. A lot of gusto. There was a lot of gusto, yeah. There were people tailgating before this game, seven hours before face off. Good effort. So, you know, raise our glasses of water to him. Um, Clear Guinness. Clear Guinness, yeah. Um, and so you had that. All. I, I want to throw it to your guys. You know, that's, that was an extreme example of, of the fans really getting on the back of someone. Which you sometimes get the Panther villain type reaction. But is, you know, was the little things that you're saying now, you don't want to see that, which you don't want to see people throw stuff on the ice or jerseys. I mean, jerseys now, you, you look after jerseys, even even if you don't like the player because he's left, you, you still respect the jersey. But does, kind of that, can that lead to the good atmosphere that it did have? And if you do YouTube the highlights, the atmosphere comes across really, really well. It's, does the, can the fans really play that part but start from an absolute hatred, absolute burning hatred, which, yeah, it were. Uh, of Tavares can that lead to a good thing and is that something that you may or would like to see over in, in the UK I mean I'll, I'll start with you Andy because I know we've seen it abroad in a couple of times where the where European fans of hockey are a lot more vocal a lot more active a lot more abrupt and they don't care for their language but is that kind of that, that, that spur of hatred of something can that be a good thing that just leads to a great atmosphere in, in any league in the world? I think sometimes it can do them. Um, <coughs> I'll spend a bit of time So I went to um, Geneva to see my, my first Champions League game. Uh, they were playing the Black of Austria. Um, and just the atmosphere was amazing. Two teams that had never played each other before. But the fans were, you know, they were taking shirts off, they were bouncing, they had scarves in the air. It was like, every time the referee blew something against them, the whistles, it, it was deafening. And it, it was just such a fun atmosphere. And then when, um, there the, the were 4-2 down, Jiva 4-2 down, and they pulled it back to win 5-4. And I've never seen such, I've never heard such amazing things, amazing amazing noise in my life. It was just, just incredible. Um but what I'm with Tavares, I'm a bit too far with jerseys and on the ice and things like that. It's shit is banter and, you know, there's going to be a, probably a bit of hatred, but I think maybe it went a little bit too far in that. It can still have a good atmosphere, you know, and, and not throw jerseys on the ice and things like that. But, yeah, it, it is something that I'd like to see more of across the Elite League. Just more, more fan noise, more fan-orientated stuff but to make the atmosphere just a bit more better. I'll, I'll say one thing. I, I don't think many people realise just how much hatred there was of him. I mean, when, we, when I went over in October, the amount of jerseys doctored that I was that was Tavares '91. I, I expect you know you expect the odd five or ten, but we were talking in the hundreds. Um, and it, it was just it's it's a, <coughs> one of the things you, you, I don't think until you see it and experience it, you don't actually understand. But you know, I mean, say Joe, we were in Salzburg. Um, for for the uh, the Champions League game and obviously Gref we was in Budapest for the World Champs and, and different examples of of the European culture of fandom that creates that atmosphere is that something that could ever properly come across to the UK and get through the the, the UK culture of hockey sport fandom to make the atmospheres that we all kind of go well that was good I'd really hope so I mean it would be great. And in terms of throwing, like, jerseys on the ice, I would say never. 
Because the name on the front's always more important than the one on the back. I mean, we all know that as hockey fans. When did we get Caught Herb in, Brooks? Was was today. Caught in the great Herb Brooks. Again. <laughs> okay, T.T. Oshie. Did you say T.T. Oshie then? T.J. Oshie. I, I, I heard the J. Oh, stick up for Gref now, just because I think I might be able to get a blooper with somebody else. There, there. That's what Phil did for you. Well. <laughs> I, mean, I think it'd be brilliant up for it over here, especially playoff weekends as well. Rather than just having a generic, if you all hate, just the Eelers clap your hands, John. All right, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't actually hate them, to be fair. Well, you know, a few fans are all right. Choose your words very carefully. There's a certain (laughs) photo of a Manchester goal that would suggest otherwise, Gareth Dutton. certain photo of Gareth Dutton outside of uh, Bunkers that would suggest otherwise. Well, it would also suggest you're a Panther, so... I'm, you're I'm a Bruins. Bruins. No, that's not going Yeah, that's not going to happen. I've got an idea for France dress uh, for playoffs. I'm going to go as Lane Goodman. And if he steals my playoffs, and that we, we are number one chant comes on, I'm just going to stand up with a massive seven sign. Versus <laughs> Lane Goodman, that's what I'm going to do. Greth says, can he go as Bruno Tollione? He'll, he'll have the full gusto every time something happens. No, I, I think he'd do well as the other one. I don't watch Street of the Come Down tonight. There's, there's, I there's, no a, clue, there's, a, there's a third one, I can't remember his name. Craig Revel Hallwood. Yes. Says the person who doesn't watch it. I'm going to say that. My mum, <laughs> my mum watches it. Yeah. The amount of times I used to have to come home from Steelers games and watch Strictly Come Dancing, that's the reason I know the judges' names, let's not talk any further about that. Um, to answer your question, Dave, veering back away from Strictly Come Dancing, um, <laughs> I honestly don't think it is something that we could see over here. I would like to see it over here. Um, it'd be great to see some atmosphere again, um, which we've not seen for a couple of years, if we're honest, at least. Um, it'd be great to see. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think we're too focused on taking offence from things or objecting to things at the moment as a whole across across the league, across all the fan bases across the league. I think there is a contingent in each fan base. I'm not by any means saying any fan base is different. I'm not by any means saying everybody thinks like this. But I just think there is a contingent in each fan base that is just too focused on objecting to things and being offended by things. Oh, the guy six rows behind me was talking to his friend and he may have dropped a, may have dropped a few F-bombs. You just think, well, you could have seen that in the local McDonald's. Like, you can't stop that. I don't want to... To be fair, I don't really want to see chants, like, across an arena involving, like, swearing and things like that. I think it's quite... From a from a from from the whole family sport aspect, the one thing I like about that is that people can feel comfortable to take the children to games without them being exposed to a lot of that. As I say, you can't control what the two people behind her are saying, but... It's nice not to have a whole arena chant in it, but I, I just I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I sit I sit at the arena thinking when we're coming on the ice, the arena should be fully blacked out. We should be having the music blaring out, so when the guys are coming on the rink, you know they know they're coming onto the rink and they know that it's going to be a difficult game. The atmosphere is going to be there. They know where they're going. But that interferes with too many people's conversations, so we have to turn it down. And you just think, we're not a hockey game. Rank it up, 
get some atmosphere pumping. But at the moment, but, and it's not just Sheffield; it's, it's across a lot of uh, across a lot of arenas. You just think we just need to try and do something to invoke an atmosphere again. I honestly don't think it'll come anytime soon. I'd like to see it, but. Um, with regards to the jerseys on the ice, the flip side, the Yorkshireman comes back out on me again. Says, "I hope that those people bought those jerseys from DHgate, and I hope they weren't like 180 pound NHL official <laughs> jerseys, um, because that makes me want to cry." Um, but, you, you get triggered by that, don't you? <coughs> there's a lot of people getting triggered about the stuff with Tavares. I am not one of them. <laughs> uh, that does kind of set something off inside of me. They kind of how much that kind of sets off when you think, "Why would you throw that on the ice?" But to be fair, I'd say the same about a thirty-pound knockoff jersey from the eighties. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I have to admit, though, the plastic snakes they did make me laugh. I know that, generally speaking, it's not good to see things thrown on the ice, but as a whole, the plastic snakes was pretty funny. Um, I did see one funny suggestion, which was if, if Tavares scored a goal, they should just stand in the centre of the ice and do the snake arms thing, which I thought was quite funny. Um, the one thing that, that highlights to me about the, the Tavares incident was I, I, just people that think he cares. <laughs> Like it's great to see the atmosphere was great. It was fun. It was brilliant to see the, the response from the Islanders fans. For those of you that don't know, the reason for the response was um, Tavares. Well and truly, I think this is the one time where I can actually accept the phrase Tavares. Well and truly, threw the Islanders under the bus. Um, he begged and begged and begged to be kept rather than to be traded um, in the towards the end of the deadline uh, for the trades. Obviously, he was he became a free agent at the end of the year. Begged and begged to be kept. He wanted to stay in New York. Absolutely no question. The deadline ends. The season ends. Time for a new contract. And he goes to Toronto. Which means the Islanders get naffle for the guy that was their franchise player. So there's a lot of hatred and a lot of justified hatred towards him. But yeah, fair play to ours. The contract is always very nice. And, you know, very nice. It'll buy him a lot of pyjamas. But, um, and you've got to Maybe look at his... get matching bed sheets. <laughs> Just like he was as a child. Yeah. Just like, you know, bring him back older. But no, you've got to look after yourself as, as a yeah. hockey player. So I don't fault him for that. But everything else, yeah. From the bus. It is quite, it's quite, just to explain the, the pyjamas thing as well, because I appreciate we keep going back to this pyjamas theme. Um, was it, they post a picture of him or something like that in, in Toronto, Maple Leafs pyjamas? I, I think he tweeted out saying it's, it's nice to go and play for your childhood team or something like that. Yeah. And he puts a photo of him as a, as a four or five year old. And he's all bedlining and everything's decked out in Toronto Maple Leaf stuff. Yeah. He's a hometown team, isn't it? Toronto. It is, yeah. yeah. You, you can understand why he's gone. It's, it was just... Do you know if he'd have, if he'd have said, you know, yeah, yeah I'm prob- I'd probably stay, but if I get an offer from Toronto, then I'm probably going to go. You know, they could have probably sorted a trade out with Toronto at that point. And I think Toronto would have jumped at the opportunity then. It would have just given the Islanders something... For Tavares, but first round pick, nine years of, of making the team become a bit more relevant to get nothing, and then all of a sudden they storm the league without him. It's hilarious. Couldn't make it up. Why? Um, why have we mentioned that we're at the top of the Metropolitan Division? Yeah, he's still going to do that falling playoffs. Who cares? Um, I feel like. Why do I feel like like you're going to turn up in one? You're going to be one of those people that turns up in like division champions t-shirts or something. We've already said this on this podcast. I don't think it'll happen. No. Well, we'll see. Maybe you could have division champions pajamas. Now that <laughs> um, we'll get you some pink fluffy ones, Andy. Don't worry. <laughs> Rounding back onto topic swiftly because uh, we're going uh, away from the league to the NHL and then to our preferences in pajamas. Um, 
In terms of fan participation, the one thing that I wanted to just highlight, just briefly, at the end of this month, so the 27th of March, is the Sheffield Uni slash Sheffield Hallam varsity game. Um, it is one of the best atmospheres of a hockey game I've seen in the country. Um, it is, it, it's just unreal. I think, I believe it was the best-selling varsity event outside of North America, which is just outstanding. Obviously, I appreciate all the other unis across the country will have similar events. The reason I'm picking this one out is for the scale. Um, I think within, what was it, within six hours they'd sold out the Five, arena? Five, six hours, yeah. They'd sold out the allocation in the arena. Um, we were lucky enough to get tickets, but it, it, it's madness. We've tried for the last two years to get tickets and we haven't been able to get tickets. It just sells out at the blink of an eye. So it's not like we're saying this is trying to tell people to buy tickets, because to be fair, you've probably got next to no chance of getting them. But the reason that I want to bring this in is because it is an atmosphere in a domestic, in an, in an English hockey game like you've never seen before. It is literally one side of the arena, Hallam, one side of the arena, Uniov, and just chanting abuse at each other for the whole game. The game that I went to nearly had to be called off because there were too many people throwing beers onto the ice. How much? And they, yeah, again, yeah. There were about five or six people that did an ice invasion. They climbed a plexi <laughs> and ran over the ice. It was the most hilarious thing to see, like these people be tackled by the likes of like Tom Perring and there. Andy Miller, like, skating in to tackle these people off the ice. Um, but it's un absolutely unreal. Um, and I just think it's, uh, from a domestic kind of context, it is the highlight in terms of fan participation because it is just next level. Um, but I also think there'd be a lot of complaints if people that went to Steelers games regularly weren't prepared for the atmosphere. I think there would be a lot of complaints from that. You but, have uh, to have broad shoulders. You have to have uh, a, a high level of tolerance and... and <coughs> It would ignore um, a lot of the chance, but uh, as a is a proud Hallam alumni, hashtag, like yourself, hashtag rather be a poly. Um, yeah, that's one of the chance. Google is your friend with that one. Yeah, um, we'll not finish it off for you. Don't worry. Um, you know, and, and Hallam has a great record uh, against uh, Uniov. Um, no, no, no. We're gonna end up there. <laughs> no, but uh, they do have a great record, and uh, hopefully uh, the Maroon team will win again um, on the twenty seventh. And uh, looking forward to. Uh, to mention, we're not going to mention the, the one game that Uni has won in the history of hockey last game. We'll not yes, mention that. Yes, I was playing in that game. It was not a good game. Let's just, yeah. It's my last varsity and was the first game, the first varsity hockey game that Uni have won. So I'll say it so you don't have to. Um, yeah, we'll move on from that because I don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> one, one last thing, I do think though, it was last year, it was um, broadcast on YouTube. Uh, certainly webcast they usually do I think so, it's what's it called it's like Foundry TV or something along those lines it's a, it's a Sheffield Uni media production generally they put it out for on, for free as a live stream on YouTube so if you do want to watch the game if you do want to get an idea of the atmosphere I think you'll probably be able to find it it's, as I say it's the 27th of March I'm sure it's something like it's on Forge TV I think Forge TV um, either way you should be able to find it if you search the uh, the Sheffield Varsity game, you should be able to find it on the 27th of March. And also, there is the second seconds varsity. The seconds varsity is it's on a smaller scale. It's at I Sheffield, um, and yeah, you, to be fair, tickets are generally available on the door for that. But it is a, again, it's a good game. Two pound a ticket. Two pound a ticket for that one. And to be fair, um, 
A lot of the time as well, there are a fair few players that play non-checking all season and then are told they can hit, so there's some great hits that normally go on. 21st of March, for those who are unaware of the date, £2, I Sheffield. <coughs> I would recommend, if you weren't, weren't looking enough to get a ticket for the uh, the main varsity at Sheffield Arena, get a ticket for that one. It is still a very, very good game. I'll say that as a bit of bias because that's the one I played in. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on from that now, we're not, we're not, um, you know, we're not, we're not being asked to promo that. We're just kind of two Hallam alumni that kind of wanted to plug that in. Um, so the last thing on the agenda before we head over to the prediction side of things is something that I wanted to bring up because it's something that's reared its ugly head for me a little bit too much over the last couple of weeks is criticism of the referees. I have no issues with, criti- with, with referees being criticised. Pretty sure on a regular basis at games, I've said, why is that not being called? Oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, how have you called that? We all do it. But it's going a little bit too far for me at times with people spending the next week just going, oh, such and such is from this place, so he's clearly biased. Oh, such and such is clearly ignoring this. Oh, how is he not called this? He's a cheat. Referees have to make a decision based on what's in front of them in a split second. They have goal line technology to help them decide on goals for things like whether it crossed the line, whether there was goalie interference, things like that. Don't know if you can use them for high sticks or not yet, I'm not sure. Gref, you're probably the better person. No. Not yet, no. So, you know, they have that help. They can't video review things. The amount of times I've seen fans complain, like in Sheffield, obviously, we've got the, we've got the luxury of having the screen. Um... And I've, the amount of times where I've seen fans saying, how can he not just look up and watch the replay? Because he's not allowed. Um, they've got to make a decision based on a split-second incident. Whether you agree with it or not isn't the argument. But the one thing that seems to have gone out of the window recently is the appreciation of the fact that without them refereeing the game, there wouldn't be a game. And that's the bottom line. So I just thought I'd throw that out to you guys, see what you think. So it's, it's, honestly, it has really said so much over the last week on social media. One of the things I'd, I'll throw in, when I used to do commentary on CNN Live, because you know, like, I'm like you, you know, you'll, you'll be like, what, how on earth has it been called? And you'd look, you try and look for where the referee is. You see an incident, you think that's a penalty, try and look where the referee is. Is his view blocked? You know, was he looking at somewhere else and this is a time where there's one referee yeah. not, not the two referee system we have now um, I think the other, the other, the other thing to mention <coughs> these referees are human they're not robots <coughs> so you know they're going to make mistakes just like we all do in our own jobs um, and also what you've got to remember is refereeing as a whole as for years did not have the investment the training the, the development the, the, the man management to help them become better referees um, to become more consistent referees so you, we are going to see you know I mean we've seen a lot of referees that are first year elite league referees and you kind of go I've never heard of them before you've not even heard of them in the, the old EPL or oh, yeah. the NHL I know there's been a few times this season where we've looked at each other and gone who? Um, but one thing uh, it's, this is one that I laugh at and people go well how, how, they must know more than we do and actually yeah they do the IHF do their allocations for world championships and major um, club tournaments and British referees do get these allocations um, I think there was 14 or 15 officials I mean, in fact we've got um, Andy Dalton yeah. who's at the world championships in Slovakia so and we've got referees in one B women's top level. Um, in fact, we've had 
uh, a British referee do the Olympic final women's 2014 mm. and she was also um, the reviewer of the game the final in 2018 Joy, um, Joy Tottenham so we've got these referees who are getting these grades and is it, is it again is it just is it just laziness or is it just oh, let's post this and spend this week post it for likes and retweets I I, I I understand you, you can go to the game and you know, try and understand it and you know just be a fan of that. But for the organisation that runs our sport, you know, even the the NHL has an understanding of what the WHF does. For them to go, you know, we've reviewed your referees and we think some most a fair number of them are good enough to do this. If they're saying that, why is it that a lot of fans are like, I don't know, rubbish? It, it doesn't balance out. You know, if we were maybe getting one or two neck of the grades, you could kind of slowly understand the argument, but I, I, with the numbers, I, I just don't understand the, the, the logic of the argument. Uh, I mean, Andy, I, I know you've, you, you, amongst us all in, in Sheffield, you know, we speak about a lot. What do you think um, about, you know, with the good numbers that get double IHF chef gigs? Well, it just shows you, if you're making mistakes, now obviously they'll be selected to go to these tournaments and things but from what I've seen I've, I've seen no reason to really complain about them I mean, I mean you could use you know visual replays and things like that for everything you could use it to death but even recently in uh, football there's been a bit of uh, controversy with VAR apparently a decision uh, showing one thing and then the referee's calling another so don't, even don't mention that and smiling like a Cheshire cat <laughs> Griff smiling like Dave at a conversation about the CHL. <laughs> oh, he is. So even, VA, even VAR can make mistakes, no. Um, like you said, um, there's, there's only so much they can see. There's two of them in the ice, two of them on the ice that, that can make the calls, and with how fast the game is, and you know, it, it only takes one thing to happen behind where, where the puck is. Obviously, the referee is going to look where the puck is. Uh, so they're always going to see things behind and you know it, it's such a fast game that it, it can go either way and you know as is, 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 is both said there's just nothing they can do every time you know it, it's based on what they see and they can't call anything else if they don't see it they're not going to call it if they do see it they're going to call it so, uh, so that's just how it works I don't really think there's much I can really say that you guys haven't already said. Apart from, I think fans, some well, some fans just want someone to blame if their team's not winning. I mean, it's not as if the refs put on the jersey of the other team. The perfect scapegoat, that's it, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, I've never seen a referee with 50 goal season. <laughs> or yeah. win a Stanley Cup. No. The only time I've seen a referee score a goal was in that NHL game. They only pinged it down to the corner, it hit the referee <laughs> skate and then bounced behind Luongo. They called that off. So was that Wes McCauley as well? It could have been, yeah, actually. Can you imagine Wes McCauley giving the like the goal review Aww. response after that if that was his skate? Um Yeah, I, I, I as I say, that's the reason I brought it up. It it, it does kinda it boils my blood a little bit with that. It, I wanna see him do a game in the UK. Can you imagine him doing like I don't know um, Steel's Panthers or Cardiff Belfast game. <coughs> you know, Wes McCauley. Wes McCauley, Tom Darnell. I mean, I'm not going to pick on Tom because this is going on what other fans he likes to show. And I think Tom's a good referee. 
Um, but imagine, you know, put them two together. Imagine them two putting on the the, the, the way that Tom uh, Wes McCauley dis, um, announces decisions. Can you imagine? But no, no, that's the reason I wanted to bring it. I, I, I agree. Um, I, do you know what, Andy? You, you made me think, actually, as, as you said that about VAR in football. Um, the NHL saw the perfect example where I mean, the one the other thing that annoys me with regards to referees is when people complain about a decision made via video review that just I just don't understand that at all the re- the decision has been video reviewed the decision is no goal oh how can you call that no goal well because they've watched the video and determined from the video evidence that it wasn't a goal how can we as fans that are sat two blocks up and you know six rows from the front or however far up in the, in the, in the building that we are or whatever angle how can we turn around from that one instance from whatever angle we are and say that decision you've just made based on video evidence is completely wrong because like Ref said you've got to have someone to blame exactly the other thing for me is ref- obviously referees you may, referees may miss things on both sides but it's how you adapt to getting the power plays getting the penalty kills not getting the calls that you want to make you know, that you think should have been made. It, it, it's all about that adaptive thing. And, and generally speaking, the team that comes out with the better power play statistics, the better PK statistics, are the teams that, like, you know, relish the opportunities that they get from the penalties and, you know, do their best to limit the, the, the damage from the, the penalties that they take. That's 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 the issue, but I, I, I don't know. But there, no, there was one issue in the NHL. Uh, it was between... Boston and San Jose. Uh, Boston put in a goal. I think it was in overtime. I'm not 100% sure. Boston put in a goal which was very, very, very close. Either way, the angle that was shown wasn't the angle from directly above. So you can't fully tell if the goal crossed, if the put crossed the line. But it was very similar to the uh, the game winning goal in overtime for Belfast against Cardiff in a, in the yes. most recent doubleheader. It was it was millimeters either way. And it went to video review. The decision was no goal. And from the angles online, it looked like it had gone over the line. But as I say, it wasn't the best angle. But that's in the NHL. That's in the big show. That's where they've got, literally, they have like millimetre perfect cameras to show you whether a player lifted his skate a millimetre off the ice. And that's in the NHL that people are disputing it. We're in the Elite League. We're still making progressions. And yet still we're complaining about the ability of the referees and things like that. I just think it's just, it's just such a backward argument um, you're always, always going to get that Panto villain style approach referees and I know in, in Sheffield they're always oh, I think you can tell when they, no one knows them because they don't get the traditional welcome um, yeah referees. and also the focus then goes on to the other referee the amount of times where I've been sat in like Sheffield or Coventry when we went to see um, the GB game the yes. GB Riga game the amount of times where I heard people around us shout Oh, for God's sake, Darnell, why have you done that? And then you look at it and go, that was the other referee. That <laughs> was Stephen Darnell. Well, he could have told him that he was wrong. He was at the other side of the ice. Like, come on. You can tell when people don't recognise the ref because they just focus everything on the one they know. But, yeah, so it ran over. It's just... I appreciate that referees have good games and bad games, but... And it's the other people, it's just people suggesting that we should be making progressions to try and improve the level of officiating. Like, people don't think the league are already looking into trying to improve the level of officiating. Um, but Bear in mind, the league don't control refereeing and the refereeing training, it's all done by ISO yeah. UK. 
And if anybody does, uh, and I say this in a respectful manner, if anyone does the research, they'll know that this year there's been so many strides made <coughs> on the progression of referees, on the training. I mean, they, they never normally have a, a mass wide um, inter-season camp, and I think they've had a, a, at least one, maybe two. Um, but they've got more to go, and there's now the funding there that's now been moved to them. So, like I said, it's going to be a few years where the lack of support from whoever will still be in existence, but it'll come, and you know we've got referees in the system who have been supported, trained up. And, you know, like about you said as well, if if, they can, if fans are going to complain in NHL about referees, I've sat, I've sat. Shouting at the TV, which is probably not a good thing at half past two when you're watching an NHL game live at two a.m. in the morning. But I was shouting at the TV before, and how have you missed that? And you, you look at it and think, this is the NHL. Why? Why am I shouting? Well, for a start, why am I shouting at the TV? But you look at it and go, whoa! You know, this this is the big show. This is the league that everybody aspires to be like. And I'm sat complaining about the referees. It just happens. You're always going to, you know, the referees are always going to make a decision. Sometimes it's a fifty-fifty. Sometimes it's one way you go, oh, I could call that, but it might be a bit harsh. And then I, you're never going to please both people in that scenario. So I, I just I just thought it was something worth flagging up. I think the referees deserve a bit more respect across the league because it's such a hated job that they do. And it's so, so important because without them doing it, they wouldn't be a sport. That's, that's the thing to focus on. Slate Darnell as much as you want, but without people like Darnell, Perring... Smith, you know, you, we wouldn't we wouldn't be watching ice hockey week in week out. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we'll move on from that because I could talk about that forever. Um, the last thing on the agenda, so we're not we've not really posted out for questions this week. Um, we will post out next week. We'll also do any retrospective ones as well. Obviously, I know we had a couple on the week that we missed, so we apologise uh, if you've asked a question we've not dealt with it. Um, there were some good questions as well there were some good questions if memory serves me right so yeah we will go back and, and try and find those uh, and we will go back we'll do our best to address all the questions retrospectively as well if you have got any questions send them in to us via social media it's at MSZ Podcast on Twitter it's My Fancies and Boney Podcast on Facebook um, so do send us any in as I say we will look back to, to address the, the previous ones as well but just with this being a double whammy episode we just thought we'll, we'll not address them this week and then uh, obviously we'll move forward for the next episode. Um, so the next, the last thing on the agenda is predictions. Um, I'm going to try and get all the teams right this time. We're already on a winner because I've remembered to do predictions. So let's just see if we get all the teams right. Um, so we'll go in a usual order. Um, Andy, then Gref, then Dave, then me. Um, and then we'll just work through the, the games. There's not many to be fair. There's only seven games coming up. And I think we've already given our predictions for one. But we'll just recap on the Challenge Cup final. Uh, so the first game Saturday is Milton Keynes versus Coventry in Milton Keynes. Andy, what do we think? Uh, I think, given Coventry's record, I, I think MK could pull this one off. I'm going to go Coventry. Got a split from the start, Dave. What do we think? Milton Keynes. I'm with Gref. I think the playoff push, with how close games have been for Coventry, I think they'll uh, they'll get the wins they need. Certainly on a Saturday. Um, the next game is Nottingham versus Dundee in Nottingham. 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 I'm going to go for Nottingham. So I think the one thing that's, that's that's key about this is Nottingham are pretty secure in at least a playoff position. I know that obviously they're going to want to get as high up in the table as they can 
to obviously secure the best matchup. But Dundee is still very much in the fight. So it's it, I guess it's a question as to who wants the win more. We've seen Dundee pull off some good results, but with this one being in Nottingham, I, I'm going to go with the trend. I, I, I think Nottingham will get this one. Wouldn't surprise me if Dundee got a point, though. Um, the last game on Saturday is in Sheffield. It is the Steelers versus the Flyers. Steelers. 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 We're all very hopeful on this one. I'm going to say Steelers as well. Uh, then moving on to Sunday, we've got Dundee versus Manchester in Dundee. That's how I go, I think. Um, I'll go Dundee. Dundee. Graf, shall I just put you down as Manchester straight away? or? Yep. Sound? I'm going to go Manchester. I think I'll do it. It's a difficult one again. Manchester's form has been really good over the last five. I think they were third in the in the 11 in the last five forms. So it depends on whether you think that's going to carry over. It's in Dundee. Day off beforehand whilst Dundee were playing, so take that as you will. I don't know whether that's going to be a double-edged sword. I don't know whether that's the case that Dundee are going to be in the stride from the game before. Given it's going to be a hard game against Nottingham, I'll, I'll go with Manchester as well, I think. Big difference as well, there's no 80s party, so they ain't got that vibe. Right, no, there's no 80s party, which is why I'm going for Dundee. <laughs> um, we've then got Coventry versus Milton Keynes in Coventry. Uh, Coventry. Nice decisive answer from Andy there. He's ready on that one. Coventry. Coventry again. We're very decisive on this. Coventry. Coventry. And Coventry from me as well. So we have a full, decisive full house on that game. The last league game of the week is Fife versus Sheffield. Uh, it's in Kakadi this time round. Andy, what do we what do we think? Uh, I think Fife. Fife. Steelers. Fife. Uh, I'm going to go with five as well. So the non-Steelers fan goes for Steelers, and the Steelers fans go for five. And the anti and the anti-five fan goes, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah um, then we've got obviously just the Champions Cup final: uh, Belfast versus Guildford. Uh, yeah, tough. Um, Not so decisive on that one, then, Andy. No, <laughs> it was in fairness. Um, I think Belfast will do it. Guildford. Guildford. Uh, da, 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 da. I agree with you, Andy. I think it's going to be it's going to be close. Uh, it's going to be a, it's a hard one. Um, I also agree with you, Gareth. I think it might even go to shootout. Uh, but I'm going to go with Guildford. Um, as I said before, I think they've just got the right team built for this kind of talk, this this kind of competition, uh, and then maybe they can progress through to the Conti Cup so that I can actually say that Guildford are playing in the Conti <laughs> Cup next time. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the end of the predictions. Nice and easy, nice and short and sweet this time round for the predictions. Um, thank you to everybody for listening in. Um, I apologise. I know I've been coughing throughout. I have been trying uh, my best to stop, but. Uh, yeah, we've uh, on the on the flip side, we haven't had an appearance of a dog, so that is, um, yeah, that's a good thing. We're not having any barking, and uh, well Gref's kept his animal impressions to himself. Well done, Gref. Well done, Gref. Good boy. Good, good boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that brings us to a close for this week. So, um, Andy, thank you very much. 
Thanks again, Joe. Thank you. Pleasure as always. Um, Dave, thank you. Thank you very much, Joe. No problem. as ever. Always, always. Just wish everybody would stop slating me. And uh, <laughs> as you mentioned, Continental Cup, is <coughs> you set, Cup, is it? set me off coughing now. Uh, and Gref, who is Gareth Dutton? Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me, Joe. No problem. Apologies again for the lack of episode 25 last week. Uh, but thank you to everybody for listening uh, to another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. Thanks a lot.